Fear the Walking Dead, the podcast, an unofficial discussion of the news and events surrounding Fear the Walking Dead with Quinn Warner, Stephen Payne, and Bruce McGee. I'm Bruce McGee. I'm Steve Payne. I'm Quinn Warner. And this is Fear the Walking Dead, a podcast, episode four for September 22nd, 2015. Welcome back. Woo-hoo. So, Quinn, what are we talking about this week? Well, I just want to start off with saying, <coughs> pardon my French, holy shit, so much happened. <laughs> so, like, oh my gosh, like the decline of humanity and civilization and like, oh, it was it was such a good episode because it was such a horrible episode. Well, yeah, and this is our first episode, um, maybe in either series, not to have a single living zombie that yeah. I remember. I was waiting for that last night, and, and we, we should start timing them, yeah, to see how many minutes it takes for a zombie to walk across well, the stage. Well, in this case, it was stage. a whole hour. <laughs> Make it like a drinking game. <laughs> yeah. That would be good. I then there wouldn't that. be much of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Especially when they meet a herd. <laughs> I don't remember anything. I was wasted. Sorry. <laughs> well, and, um, right, so this focus is on what happens in, in, any, kind of, in any kind of, um, you know, horrible event. Right. Whether it's <laughs> Right, in Louisiana we tend to think of Katrina, but... In Oklahoma, we'd be talking about tornadoes or mm-hmm. uh, earthquakes and fires in California. <clears throat> I just, I just made eye contact with somebody while I was licking cream cheese off the spoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's a little awkward. It's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I um, the whole time it was just like there was just a lot of. Uh, that's not me ringing, is it? Oh, I don't think so. There are so many similarities to what we experienced during Katrina. But right. You're, but you're right. It's the same as any disaster in any area. But Well, there were it, more of the X codes this right. way on the house. Right. You kept seeing them. And they had, like, written over biohazard. They would have mm-hmm. burned the buildings. It's very interesting. They've also got it coded where they're saying the DZ. Yeah. Which is pretty grim, you know. Um, I take it to mean a dead zone. I don't know. I don't either. There's a code to that. But you heard him mention something about a DZ. I mean, I don't know what that... Well, and it may be that, you know, and we've got to wonder what exactly the Army is up to. Because right at the very end, this one kind of young guy just couldn't do it anymore. And um, are they going out and killing every living being Mm -hmm. in this zone around the fence? Is that why we don't have zombies and people? Why can't we live together harmoniously? <laughs> Why can't we just get along? <laughs> oh, and you were talking about the light from the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's flashing off what probably is a piece of metal, like or maybe a mirror or something like that. Except it's, it's like semaphore almost. Yeah, except <clears throat> at the end, when the dad is up on the roof looking in the same window, then there's a firefight mm-hmm. inside that house. So they hear gunshots there. too, don't they? Yeah, his ears kind of pricked up. Just barely, you know, you know, it's yeah. distant, but yeah. Yeah, I had the closed captioning turned up, and I think that's where I caught it. There was gunshots. You could hear it. Right, like it was pop, barely pop, pop, audible. Right. Like a, yeah, with the closed captioning, picks it up, and you could hear it. it was like firecrackers going off, but it was clearly 
rounds being spent on some, probably on some body, frankly. Well, did you say you had something to say about that? Uh, yeah, this, this reminded me of a writer's exercise I've seen in some books about writing science fiction where you have a, a statement made that says, um, this is not a story, what I'm about to say, but you'll have a statement that reads something like, the last man on earth sat in his living room, and that's not a story because it's not going anywhere. There's no conflict, much less a resolution. You just you barely even have a protagonist. But you can add one sentence to that, and it makes it this story, but it makes it any really good story, and it reads, the last man on earth sat in his living room, he heard a knock on his door. Ah, uh-huh. so not it's the a, last man. Well, we don't know. Right. But, it, but, it, but again, it, the whole purpose of that is to arouse the audience or the reader's sort of um, anticipation of something. Well, and to me, the big question at the end where they had that firefight was, who is doing the shooting? Has mm-hmm. the army kicked in the door and they're killing everybody that lives in there? Or is it somebody shooting back? Or... Is it people out on the outside just shooting at each other? Yeah, or or yeah, or, or people shooting back at the army? Or There's somebody no shooting know. at zombies? Yeah. you know, and we have no idea. I ass- I assumed at first it was the army. I'm back. Well, yeah, <laughs> we're talking about. Um, <clears throat> you remember the very last scene where there was shooting in that house that we've been watching all show, and you know yeah. the light. And I assumed it was the army had kicked in the door and killing everybody inside, but then I got to questioning my assumption. And it's not necessarily the army. It could be the people in the house fighting zombies or people fighting <clears> other <throat> people. When that part happened, like, throughout the entire episode, I mean, everybody knows at this point, like, Nick is my favorite. Nick, right. is, Nick is my son, my precious, precious baby. I love or your him. best we friend. <laughs> we saw Nick in a bathing suit this week. We did. <laughs> you know, um, but no, he, uh, I love him. And we see that he like is stealing drugs from that dying man. Right. I was like, oh man, that's that's not good. You're grounded. But so I spent <laughs> like got a, grounded in the apocalyptic way. Right. I got like I was, I spent that like portion of the episode like kind of angry with him. Like I can't believe you would do that. But it's kind of like well, you are a druggie, but you shouldn't lie about. Well, this not sort just of thing, that blah, blah, blah. too. You're seeing another side of him. He's very resourceful. Right. Like he's he's just resourceful. That's like a MacGyver-esque kind of well, guy. And, he takes the guy's IV and hooks it to himself. Now, you may not agree with the morality of it, but and it shows he's... And too, no Right, well, right. But, yeah, but you see, the guy's, yeah. the guy's got a native sort of resourcefulness and intelligence. Absolutely. Which will prove but, very good in the zombie apocalypse. I think so. I think so, yeah. <laughs> you know, alcoholics and drug addicts have always been very resourceful when it comes to getting the next fix. So right. we got to see if that applies. You can if use you can that somewhere that else, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the opener where it sets up the, that that week's this past week's episode as a video diary. Yeah, that was really cool. And then it ends, spoiler alert, but it ends with a video diary. So it's right. a, that's a very western in terms of western literature. It's a very very conventional western kind of an opener what's, and closer. What's the video diary at the beginning? He's talking. That's he's got his handy cam. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's talking, and, and and you know you're seeing the events unfold as he sees them unfold. Right. So it's working in real. I don't what even they call remember real time. that. Yeah. Well, who's he looking at? <coughs> he's filming he's, the neighborhood, yeah, the hillside there in LA. He's filming everything that's happening, and that's mm. when he sees the building with the flashing yeah, lights. The, yeah, like around. a mirror. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's up on the roof, dude. Yeah. yeah. And okay. then it ends with the sister doing the same damn thing. So it's. But yeah. Anyways, um, 
when they kicked in the door and they like started causing trouble and they <laughs> took Nick away, I was furious. <clears throat> I was like, how dare you? Especially, you know, I don't know what the word for ex-wife, stepmom is, but yeah. she's the narc, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. the snitch. <laughs> I like narc better, but snitch does. <laughs> snitch is old 30s. <laughs> well, narc is for somebody that tells about you're using drugs. So. Oh yeah. my god, speaking of Nick, okay, this is, <laughs> this is maybe the last thing I'll, I'll bring up about Nick. No, we um, need more Nick. <laughs> um, when his mom finds out that he's been stealing drugs and lying about it, and she comes in, and, like, before she did anything, I was like, I should probably slap him. Like, he he kind of needs a good slap at this point. Ooh. Just, you know. Harsh. Like, just get it out of the way. It, I know it's coming. Just do it. I'm not going to enjoy it, but it's probably what he needs so that he can, like, straighten himself out. And so she slaps him, and I'm like, okay, and that's she fine. The shit out of and then she beats yeah. the shit out of him. <laughs> it's like, all right, that's that's going a little bit too far. Yeah, and that's that why was, you never slap. That's never awful. That was so like. I just felt for him Violence so bad. doesn't solve problems. Right, and it just, like... <laughs> it's the hand-handed She's at the lesson. end of her tether, you know. It's true. And, like, that's... It's, like, a really, really gray moral area because, like, they're dealing with this crisis, this apocalypse, and, yes, she's at her wit's end, and you could... And there's a family crisis, too. Right. You could, you could write that off as an excuse for her beating her child, but there's really no excuse for doing that sort of thing. Well, and what makes it so ironic is two weeks ago she was the school counselor and she was mm-hmm. calling police in when that happened. Mm-hmm. It's not like Nick is a little child. She's not no, going to really no. hurt him. But, you know, she would be telling, sitting across the desk from these parents that violence is not the answer, you know. But he's still she's like, succumbed. Right. Like else. He's still a grown man, but he's still like, after that incident happens, he, you see him like he's locked himself in the room and he won't let anybody in, and it really upsets him, and I think that that just goes to show you, like, I mean abuse is very powerful and very effective at any age and it can really mess you right. up, it's not yeah. just something to worry about, like, when well, you're a small child and Especially the thing about it, what is that abuse going to make him do? Mm-hmm. It's going to make him use because that's what he does to relieve his feelings, that's I had a friend who, um, I heard him talk, he, he had been an alcoholic and got straightened out. And in some later time, his wife said, you know, I used to want to film you and show you how you were acting the next day when you were rational. And, you know, do you think that would have made you stop drinking? And he said, that would have made me drink more because I felt so horrible about myself. And right. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah, it, so she's just made the problem <coughs> worse. I understand the impulse, but the right. the utility of it. I um, love this line here. The mom asks, when was the last time you used methadone? And he replies, I don't know. When did the world end? Two days ago? <laughs> that was the doctor, line. I think. Yeah, I think so. It may have been, but it was, it was a great line. And yeah. I, I made sure. I make I notes of the show. I think it was nine line. days. Haven't we had some time pass now? I think so. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, I hope... You know, it's 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 it points up too. They're gonna there's probably gonna be some really great gallows humor, mm-hmm. some really great dark humor in the oh, series, yeah. along with the really serious goings on. Mm-hmm. And Nick has that smart aleck teenager thing going, so True. we get some of it from him. And I love that like 
the whole episode, everybody is asking, like, when's the last time you used? Like, are you doing okay? You haven't had any drugs in, like, days. And he's just, like, lying, lying in the pool. Like, oh, yeah, right. I'm fine. And it's like, you're obviously high right now. Right, right, right. Like, you're not fooling anybody, at least not me. He well, didn't fool the doctor it's either. It's that attempt, too, to maintain the old order mm-hmm. in the face of this new, very violent, very scary order, too. Mm-hmm. Like, well, like the Monopoly game last week, oh, yeah. this week, hanging out, you know. Right. Just I was happy to see that they've got some water somewhere. I was um, I was so worried about the water supply. And you remember I was, and there's a swimming pool somewhere nearby. I don't yeah. know if it's their house or a neighbor, dead neighbor's house or what. Um, I did notice that the daughter, you know, we talked about the the um, the spiral that the boyfriend the flower the blue flower is that what it was yeah it's a little, was it a rose heart. it's a heart it started like out as a heart and then he made it a spiral well, like, did he? I was thinking he made it a flower or something it didn't look like a heart at the end yeah. so maybe it was a flower anyway she's inking it yeah you know. she's just giving herself a tattoo and like I just uh, well you gotta wash that arm sometime I know <laughs> and I just I feel for the daughter's so well, and it's point. like she's finally starting to process. Oh my God, we abandoned my boyfriend, and mm-hmm. now he's probably a zombie. You know, I'm really to me it was her it. way of kind of both hanging on and letting go. Right. You remember I had a hard time with that episode where they just ditched the kid. Yeah. Uh, was, well. and, you know, one thing is my youngest son is nine years old, <clears throat> and so I kind of inflected through that. And if you know, we had one. And if I were at one of his friend's house and his parents weren't there and, right. you know, they probably weren't coming back. Yeah. There's no way I'd leave a kid no. to die. Um, and especially at the point... Anyway, I shouldn't rehash that. <laughs> no, but... It, it, we got a lot of arguments on uh, Facebook about whether my perspective was <laughs> accurate or not. Um, I still say the math is on my side, Two shows they've done away with all the black actors that were were first hired. But um, how did we get onto that? What were we talking about? Oh, next. Oh, uh, the girl. Yeah. yeah. Um, 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 I'm very worried about her. Uh, Her name's Alicia. Yes. Um, Because, I mean, she's obviously going through problems. You see her in Susan's house and she's just like having a really hard time. Oh, and she gets she, that old drawing off the wall that she had made <clears throat> mm-hmm. for the lady. It's a little kid's drawing, she was kinda, it? Yeah, was yeah it, it's her drawing. Yeah, yeah. Because the woman that babysat her. Right. The woman babysat her when she it's was kind small. of a stick figure sort I was worried. I'm, I'm very <clears throat> worried for her currently because as the episode ends, she's doing this voiceover and she it's like she's writing something kind of to her boyfriend and it's like eerily kind of similar to like a suicide note mm-hmm. right and it just it makes me very was very that that uneasy. judgment is coming kind of was that or something yeah, like that it's like if something. you read this I'm right. sorry and I love you and things like that and it's like ah uh, 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 no that's one of the uh, one of the prime causes of, of, of his death in the United States is nobody's suicide nobody's paying attention to her like at all right so because she's the good girl right so she gets no attention and and she has no coping mechanism like right. drugs. She has a um. she's a high school student, and <laughs> right. she's had to just. She's always been, from what we can gather from the beginning of the series, she's always been a really, really mature child. Right. But she's being fleeing like, into adulthood now that the zombie apocalypse. She's been forced into it, basically. Right. Because there's no time. There are no resources to be a child to right. need things that are normal to for children to need. 
Well, what and you think about this? It's like any crisis. What's the first thing you do is to try to get through the crisis, but to find equilibrium. Right. They're nowhere close to finding kind of equilibrium right now. Nobody is. But that's why they keep going back to hanging out in the pool, playing Monopoly. They're trying to seek a kind of a temporary equilibrium. <clears throat> what is that? It's rubos. You should taste it. What that. is it? It's rubos. It's a red tea. It's got a little bit of vanilla in it, but I made it really good. It's very sweet, by the way. They Sorry. rubos. Yeah, it's very sweet. Rubos. R o o b b o s. Rubos. They used to make an orange tea like that with that, that, is that tasty. red tea. Isn't it? They used to make a, an orange, a mandarin orange tea like that, and mm. I can't ever find it anymore. I'm really sad. Rubos. <laughs> I used to buy it. I like green it's tea. It's a red tea. Ah, oh, red tea. Is it, it's a What's the difference tea? between red tea and black tea? Black and green tea. Uh, the colors? <laughs> <laughs> the black is slightly. Oh, thank you, the, the, the black is slightly fermented, I think, and then the green is, you know, and then there's a white tea too. Mm-hmm. I think it's just this is leaves. this is just a black tea here. Mm-hmm. It's a black ras- raspberry tea. I could actually drink that tea. I'm mean, not a very good yeah, southerner because I hate not tea, tea normally. But, <clears throat> but I like most teas. Good. It was like spice tea. Yeah, I'm not a fan of like the sweet tea that you have at restaurants, but I love like hot teas and things like that. Welcome to Fear the Walking Dead, the tea cast. <laughs> I, I just joined the Tea Lovers <laughs> Facebook page because I love tea. So. Well, really, anyway. I drink this thing full twice a day. So, Anyways, sorry. Sorry for derailing. Oh, um, once we post this places, uh, our listeners should comment with, A, their opinions on the episode as well, but also, B, what's your favorite tea? <laughs> <laughs> That's tea, right. Yeah, we'll call this week's tea episode. Tea time in the apocalypse. Tea time, tea, no, tea and zombies. <laughs> yeah, that's actually pretty good because we didn't really have any metaphors this week. It was like mm-hmm. um, spinal tap. You know? I've got one, actually. Other than just, like, this reminded me of. Right. Like, that's all that it really was. It was just well, like, it's, it's borders. It made yeah. me think of the Palestinian the mm-hmm. occupation of the Israelis of the Palestinian territories, and you've got all these helpless civilians being basically bullied by the by a powerful bunch of people through the military. Right. And, but it's happening right here in the United States. And who's locked in and who's locked <clears> out? <throat> yeah, yeah. There, there are all these people locked in those occupied territories, and they, you heard Noam Chomsky talk about that. They, they, the Israelis have figured out to the calorie how many calories it takes to sustain an adult or a child per day. And they don't give them quite enough calories to live. Right. So they're starving. Um, let's talk slightly about um, when uh, when she makes the journey into out of the outside defense. Oh, right. That was so cool. Defense, which that could be so cool. horribly destructive later on. <laughs> yes, gosh. <laughs> Well, this is when like, you, Please don't. Yeah, you cue the psycho music. <laughs> Just climb the fence. It's going to be okay. Well, we old people have trouble with the chain link fence jumping. <laughs> I could do it years ago. I never could. It was, but yeah, um, that's where a lot of the, the mystery of the episode was because, um, you know, like the kid with the pistol, was he fighting zombies or was he fighting the army? Um, and obviously the army's going to want to kill zombies, but they don't have a real good reason right. for killing people with pistols, except that they have pistols. They're dangerous. Yeah, I want to look at that, about the, about the military and the occupation, since mm-hmm. it is a, 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 an occupying army on U.S. soil, basically. Yeah. So. Um, 
Well, and obviously, you know, um, to, one of the things the military does do in an occupation is hunt collaborators, which um, <clears throat> Travis, they call him the mayor, you know, he's the mm-hmm. go-between between the military yeah. and, the, and the neighborhood. Yeah. But when it comes right down to it, they don't give a shit what Travis thinks. No. You know, he's, he's supposed to have this... Um, not only with the community, but as a liaison with the military as well. And right. They want to take his steps on, well, you know, too bad, so sad, we're going. There's a, they're already setting up two characters, too. You've got the commander of the military unit mm-hmm. who's, you know, playing golf. Is there nothing Yeah, the wrong? golf was a really bad sign because yeah. um, in, in The Walking Dead, there's this uh, scene where the governor has been on his own for a while. He joins this group, which is being led by one of his former lieutenants. He and the lieutenant go up on a trailer to play golf, or just shoot, you know, shoot yeah. off drive, you know, yeah, practice yeah, yeah. their drive. Right. And um, in the middle of it, the governor decides that this guy can't handle the burden of leadership, so he kills him right there yeah. on the, uh, you know, with his golf club. Just he drives him to the zombie pit, um, which you know. Every good story should have a zombie pit. It's oh, absolutely. Like, <laughs> just one of those things. And so what do they do? They burn those bodies in the zombie pit? Or? No. This was where they kept pet zombies so they oh, could wow. unleash them on people if they needed to. Oh, wow. <laughs> it like, was, you know, you could, I, I and it was also could, a zombie catcher. Like when zombies come through, they fall into the pit. A way you could eliminate zombies quite easily is throwing yeah. a lion pit. Mm-hmm. And the lion eventually being caustic will, you know... Eat the bones. I mean, not just the flesh, but the bones too. Really well, and the important thing is mess. something that'll eat the brain so that they cease to be zombies. Because you see, thoroughly decomposed skeletons—they're no longer zombies. Mm-hmm. So there's a point at which. So when there's no brain matter left, right? Once the brain's gone, and we don't know exactly how much brain, but either gone or disrupted. I think Lie would do that pretty nicely, pretty quickly. Um, something that I. Uh, I liked, or I noticed, I don't know, I don't think I really liked it per se, about her going out into the zone outside of the fence. When she came back and she was talking about it, um, she said that like, like, um, She was telling Daniel Daniel, Salazar. Daniel was like, what did you see? What's going on? He kept pressing her. Yeah, and she said bodies. And she explained that like, there were... Like bodies to be infected everywhere, but there were also people that weren't sick at all that were just shot in the head, and that's like, that's definitely kind of a callback to you know, this is happening in our world right now. Like, how far are, away are we from the zombie apocalypse? Because like people, like military officials and like people in authority are already doing this sort of thing to innocent people. So. Well, and um, you know. This gets into politics, but we're kind of political animals. Uh, Bill Maher was just recently tell, saying, you remember the kid with the clock? Um, yeah, yeah, Ahmed Mohammed. Yes. Yeah. Um, Over in Irving. And he was saying, of course they thought it was a bomb, because these, uh, you know, Islamic kids keep blowing stuff up. And, um, he's brown. Well, he's yeah. brown and he's Muslim. And, of course, the party was leaving out was... It's not just them blowing people up. We're blowing people up. We're mm-hmm. blowing yeah. people up right now as right. we sit here in the Hello. Parish Press Coffee House. Right. 
that's our political answer to stuff is violence. We're going to blow things up. It's violence. We don't have to make homemade bombs because we have professionally built bombs. Um, so, um, you know, it was, there is, you know, a lot of the wars that are being fought right now are being fought on both sides with American-built weapons. That's right. We're one of the biggest you know, arms we could drain the swamp of, right. the We could drain the swamp a lot if we just shut down some of our own military-industrial complex. Said, Absolutely. No, you can't sell this stuff to those people. I'm wondering if that'll happen down the road. I, I don't know. I guess it won't last long enough this summer. Is it, what did you say? There's one or two episodes left? Two episodes yeah. after this week. So if someone gets a hold of a military stockpile, you know, like munitions and so forth, what will happen? Well, Does that happen in the parents' area? In, in the other one, no matter how many bullets you have, there are always more zombies, and eventually you get overrun. And I'm wondering, this is L.A. It's the biggest city in the, the United States. Where are the zombies? Except for New York. Is that's New what, York bigger now? Yeah, oh yeah. I'm just I want that's what I'm wondering too, if you'll if you'll ever see any other large cities like New York or Washington, you know. If you'll take the show on the road, so to speak. Well, they, and I wonder <laughs> how stable this can be, because it it can last the way it is an indefinite period. Yeah. But you're also seeing cracks like the kid and the colonel or whoever the top mm-hmm. guy is. Yeah. yeah. They're both showing cracks in their own way. Mm-hmm. You know, like He's starting to go heart of darkness. <laughs> right. Um, I love the smell of zombies in the morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Burning zombies. Let's hit some balls. I don't know. Um, I mean, I personally am a godless heathen, so I'm not super well versed in like biblical verses. But I don't know if you two noticed, uh, in the fence, like, in, like, I don't know, maybe cups or something. Oh, they, they were starting have, to put stuff up. Right. No, they have Revelations 21.4. What is that verse? She's it says, it, Revelations 21.4 says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. That's the eschaton. Yes, but it's... I think we're more in the blood up to the bridle of the horses right. phase right yeah. now. It doesn't seem like um, that's, they're that's, ready to wipe their tears just that yet. Was, that was reminiscent of those... Of those uh, I guess world, that's something you would say to comfort yourself. Yeah. That's those yeah. World Trade Center you know, memorials that sprang yeah. up right after the 9-11 attacks and the Pentagon attacks. And all well, that. in a lot of places, like um, the chain link fence up above our interstate, will have go cats for the yeah. go cats. Right. right. People go out and put the those are those kinds of things are really common in Latin America too. Those roadside shrines, yeah, they're yeah. very common to understand. Mike Nathan was telling me about where you have like a well, where there's been a car crash or a right. death or something. You see like those that. here. You're starting to see them in the United States, but they yeah. in Latin America they're really common. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that just kind of that poses again the question like. What sort of role is religion going to play in this tiny, isolated, fenced-in area? Yeah, and so far, like in The Walking Dead, like Herschel had a Bible. Right. But at the beginning, when you first see him, he's kind of, um, people get lost and then they come back. Mm -hmm. He's lost. He doesn't know what to do with the zombies. He thinks you can keep them in a barn and maybe fix them someday. And <laughs> his dead wife's like out the there. British, like the British series y'all were talking about last right, week, right? Yeah. Except without the humor, um, <laughs> you know, because 
I think it's Carol had a daughter, and the daughter's been lost all season. They keep hunting her and hunting her, and finally the day they let the zombies out of the barn, the last one out is the daughter, the zombie. And nobody can shoot her except Rick because it's just too hard. Um, <clears throat> but Rick's got that, you know, he's got a conscience, but he can crush it enough to shoot who he needs to shoot. Yeah. And, um... You know, that's a skill you're going to need. And I think the one in this series that's most ready for that is Salazar, you know. Oh, yeah. Kind of badass. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> is that the Ruben Bodice character? Um, yes. There's a great line. Ruben Blades for Bodice. Nuns. <laughs> that's what I would have thought. Yeah, uh, there's a great line, he says, when it comes, it will come quickly. Yeah, and that... I love that, that line. To, uh, Tobias had said that as well, or something like that. Like, when the end comes, it'll come quickly. Yeah. I wonder what he's up to. I wonder how he's doing. <laughs> I know. It would be nice to see Tobias. He may be yeah. hanging out in the cafeteria still. <laughs> Maybe. He, there are. What if he's the one that's shining that light over in that dead zone? Oh, yeah. But if he was, he's pretty much dead now. Yeah. When civilization the... ends, it's going to end fast. And we're and then the other line similar about we're about to step into a world of shit. Yeah. Tobias. And nobody's <laughs> going to college. Nobody's doing what they thought they were going no. to. Um, he figured it out first. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to talk about the hospital because yes. at first I just assumed it was like we're taking Fluffy out to a farmer in the country where... Yeah, I thought uh, so too. <laughs> you know, I didn't think there was a hospital. I thought they were just calling yeah. and taking them out. But then... What tipped it for me, A, was when they decided to round Nick up, and I figured yeah. they couldn't be doing away with him that way. He may right. die, but it won't be just disappear, and we don't yeah. ever see him again. And the other thing was when she wanted the nurse, yeah. or the woman masquerading as a nurse, whatever, wherever right. she got her medical stuff. Um, she wanted her to come with her because she needs the help. And I right. said, well, she wouldn't be, you know, this is a perfectly healthy, functioning woman. Yeah. Um, she's not going to take her away unless there really is a hospital. Yeah. I hope that Lisa and the doctor start dating. That's just me. Oh, that would be cute. That's just me. <laughs> I mean, they, they kind of shared a moment when she was like, we could really use you at the hospital. That's like, it. I, I felt the chemistry. Like, I'm ready. I'm Let's so go. cynical. And I, wonder, I wonder if there's a, a mercenary angle with all that. You know? <laughs> really? Maybe. <laughs> well, this is the apocalypse after all. So Ophelia's got a spark for one of the military dudes, but again, yeah, it could be mercenary in that I if I... If I'm yeah. sweet on him, he will do stuff for us. And yeah, that's already started to happen. She needs medicine for her right, mom. Right. And that was like they're about to kind of go into it. And she's like, by the way, have you talked to so and so about that medicine? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> well, and, the, and, and Sex I was for getting medicine, images. You know, I, the zombie apocalypse. I was getting images. really of human, basic. I was getting images of human experimentation, too. Yeah. I mean, which is very unsettling, you know, uh, that they'll, they'll take these healthy people away and, and maybe test them. The pathogen or whatever it is on the They may do that on people that are exhibiting like really, really slight symptoms. They'll take them to this hospital and mm-hmm. probably like test. Well, the thing about it, if them. you let somebody die in the enclave, they come back as a zombie, and then we've got zombies on the inside. Right. So, I mean, what they're doing has to be done. Right. Well, <clears> did you say that yeah. in the original series that it's everybody's got it? But it's everybody's latent. got the germ. So it's, so it's latent at this stage, right. right? Whatever you die of, you're going to come back as a zombie. Because in some some series and movies, 
mostly movies, you, you die a regular way, you just stay dead. Like, if somebody shoots you, you stay dead. But, if you but here, get, it seems to be... A, if somebody shoots you, you come back as a zombie. It's, in so, effect, like everybody's got HIV. Everybody's got... Um, I look at it as, like, pneumonic plague. Pneumonic is when the bubonic plague goes airborne. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Everybody has it just breathing it in all the time. Yeah, I got it. That sounds like the old medieval idea where they thought, and up to the, you know, the time of the Tudors, they thought that that the errors were infected. Yeah. Well, malaria means bad air. I that was now, until modern germ theory. Well, and we, we, we know, yeah, a lot of the germs are airborne. Yeah, so, I mean, absolutely. so they actually had an intuitive sort of grasp or something. They just didn't know what a germ was. Well, they knew, right. And they didn't know maybe mosquitoes bring it, but they know this air in the low swampy area right. is unhealthy. Right. right. Because it's got mosquitoes in it. Not uh, not super relevant, but speaking of germs, I have this recurring nightmare where I like I get uh, bacterial meningitis, oh and God. then I like release bacterial meningitis, like a plague of it upon Are the land. Are you a typhoid Mary or like, typhoid Queen? Honestly, like I don't know why this happens. Is this the one with your back? Yeah, you'll get like um, a stiff, neck. stiff neck, fever, a rash. It's uh, a pretty to, horrible disease. How do you get so interested in meningitis? Beats me. I don't know why. Like I have this dream, like maybe like triannually. <laughs> I just don't understand That's scary. why. Scary. Yeah. It sounds like the dreams I was having when I was they were giving me that generic hydrocodone. Or whatever it was. <laughs> well, I can't take it. I'm allergic to it. And they didn't know it. Oh, no. Well, that's lucky for you. (laughs) Well, but no, I was... Otherwise, you'd be Nick. Give me drugs. No, I was... But I was having nosebleeds and coughing up blood. Yeah, it was pretty pretty bad. You could sell your hydrocodone to Nick. (laughs) That's true. It'd make lots of money. He would be like, oh, no, 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 I don't use it anymore. It's fine. I just mainlined the IV. (laughs) Right. From this old man. It's a much quicker delivery. (laughs) Oh, man, yeah. yeah. All drugs all the time. <laughs> well, IV, you know, is that's like the last step along the way when you start that. Yeah. You start out, you know, taking the pill. Then you, he was snorting it last week. I need it faster. This week he's going right into his bloodstream. Yeah. <laughs> and that's going to be, trip. now that he's kind of started himself on this IV system, this IV delivery. It's, it's going to be, be a really, hard withdrawal. Right. In that hospital, they're not going to, like, be sweet mom and like slowly wean him off oh, of his no. drugs. No. They're just going to cut him off cold turkey. He's going right. to be having seizures and fevers and all kinds of things. He's Hallucinations gonna, probably too. Oh yeah. He's going to be sick as a dog the next couple of weeks. Maybe once they dry him out. But the problem with drugs is once you're physically withdrawn mm-hmm. um, the psychological effects. The psychological thing is still there. Like I went off of caffeine which is not that big a deal in the great scheme of things, like a year and a half ago. And yeah. This week, I had to really fight the urge to yeah. <coughs> drink some caffeine all of a sudden. It's been, you know, weeks since I felt... You know, when I began, it was every day. Yeah. You know, I need my caffeine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I, I was... I can't remember even where I was. I was out somewhere, and they were offering drinks. And, oh, man, I... You know, diet Dr. Pepper surely would be good right now. Oh, yes. <laughs> if only. I can weirdly enough, I it can drink alcohol. Me. It <laughs> helps me because I have ADHD, so right. it helps me focus. Helps you focus. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's why I was able to type 3,000 words one day. Right. Well, really. Well, I was drinking a gallon a day, but and I it was more of um, just to stay even, you know. It didn't, yeah. 
I didn't drink it fast, you know, I would just always have it in yeah. my big cup. Yeah, I've seen the big cup. You've seen the big <laughs> yeah, cup. Yes, you have. This is 36 ounces that's here. A, that's a wimpy cup yeah, there. That's only a quart. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot over a quart. When I was true. in your class, uh, every time, like, you would come in every day with that big cup. Oh, yeah. And everybody would kind of speculate, like, what is in that cup? I wonder what's in it. <laughs> it was sour mash. Sour mash. That's my <laughs> drug of choice. Like I say... If I drink a couple of alcoholic drinks, I get dizzy yeah. and it doesn't feel good, and I stop. It's so. probably yeah. mixing with your high blood pressure medication. I don't know what it is. That's what it, but before I was on it, because your body's like a biochemistry thing. lab. Yeah, right yeah. So, really. But, <clears throat> I sound like my sister, the biologist. Well, <laughs> I mean, I think I have like the normal reaction to alcohol. Most people get a little dizzy after a few drinks. I don't get the go to town, let's have fun feeling that. Um, but caffeine, yeah, that, that was my problem, and and it's still there. So Nick is it's not going away. His right. drug addiction. Um, they may dry him out. I, I like the line from Salazar uh, when he was talking about his family back in. Was he from El Salvador? Was yeah, we from? found out a little more about the death squads, and apparently he was on the wrong side. Yeah. He wasn't in the death squad. His. At least not at first. Yeah. It may come out later, though. I'm hoping he was. I could see him giving some real social commentary, because that goes back to the Reagan age when you and I were, you know, you were right. in graduate school and I was in college. Yeah. And this is the bad old days of Reagan. Yes, sorry, folks, if you don't like Reagan, you know. <laughs> um, um, St. Ronnie. Well, I mean. <laughs> but this was going on all over Latin America, or at least in certain countries in Latin America. Yeah, at the time, uh, supplying weapons to Latin America was kind of like supplying weapons to the Mideast right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we just, although he was doing both, as I recall. That's and they, the were, arms back, for they were backing these killed. right-wing, right-wing uh, dictators down yeah. there. Nor- Noriega was down in where? I'm trying to Noriega think. was in Panama. Uh, Panama, and uh, who else was being back? Yeah. I think um, El Salvador was just generals, right? Yeah. Just faceless, like, you know. Yeah. Almost like uh, ciphers. But I could be wrong. They could have been But they somebody. were almost always right-wing, and this was who we were cozied up to. You know, I said, right. cozied up to people like that. Um, they were freedom fighters. Yeah, but I think we're going to get into the hospital next week. It looked in the previews like we would actually... Maybe split the scene. <coughs> but it is, um, you know, if they've got a hospital up and running, that's pretty tip of the hat to them because that's where that's the center of the yeah. epicenter of the zombie mm-hmm. thing because that's where they come back and you know, people go there to die and then they eat people next to them. And, uh, but I would kind of like to see, I don't think it'll happen, but I think it would be really interesting is for Nick to have sort of like a... a like a house dynamic with his drugs. Like once he's off of the drugs, it changes him, and he's not as intuitive or resourceful. Oh, right. But once he does take something, it helps him like deal with the zombies. Like, what if they're having to face things, and like if Nick and he is needs off his, his drugs, drugs, like that's he can't a, do anything. That's a common fear with people like me. They're ADHD. Is that if I take drugs, I won't be creative anymore. Yeah. And I won't be. Uh, I'll be just like everybody else. I mean, I've read that, but I've, I mean. Half, halfway out of phobia out of myself. Right. Well, because we don't think like the average person does. We don't have a governor that, yeah. that the average person has. Right. Well, you worry about changing who you are. Right. And right now, who he is, he needs his medicine. Yeah. He, always, he always calls it medicine. Euphemism. <laughs> 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 I need my medicine. It's all euphemism, you know. Everybody is. There's this, like, general air of like self-pity in the Finston area right now I think everybody's 
really sorry for themselves that they're going through this tragedy. Yeah, and the army is kind of right in a way. Like, you're the lucky ones. Yeah. You're in the fence. Yeah. They're like three or four zones like this in the whole area. Yeah. Everything else is just collapsing. Mm-hmm. I wonder how long the, you're the lucky ones will last, though. <laughs> That's it, what I was... Well, it's going to... It's it's unstable, but you can't predict exactly when it's going to fail. Because you could kind of... Like, as long as nothing happens, you could kind of, you know, limp along like this for quite a spell. I, I imagine that it'll be... Princeton area will like start to crumble, it'll fail, mm-hmm. and then it'll have to journey outside into the D zone right, right. to get to another Princeton area. That's and kind so, of the theme of Walking Dead, the yeah. first series. The, the zombies, or the walkers always get in. Yeah. They're, you know, they come in these crushing numbers. Um, you do wonder, like, how many zombies would the army have to kill before they kind of run out of the the, the herds of them anyway. Yeah. Because you'll still have individual zombies coming along. But... I hope that, like, they'll get to a point where the zombies will find the area that they're living in, and it'll just be like... I think that we'll see a lot of zombies next episode to make up for, like, the zombies. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine they'll just be, like, rattling the fence trying to get in. That well, would be so scary. They literally, yeah. you know, they pile up and crush it. Right. That's what happens. They overwhelm you by sheer force of numbers. Yeah. They just <clears throat> overwhelm the fence eventually. Um, and eventually, you, that's probably what's going to happen. They don't seem to be, from what I've because I haven't seen that Walking Dead, but I mean, it seems to me that they don't have, uh, they, they don't have their human speed, so to speak. So, I mean, again, it is just the numbers that work right. in favor. They don't, yeah. they right. can't just reach out like this. It's more like They aren't that fast, although, yeah. you know, people inevitably fall when there's a zombie <laughs> of course. Walker. There's always a root sticking out or, or a, a stone or something. Yeah. Right. You trip over it. And then you're crawling away from a zombie, so yeah. kind of it's faster than you at this point. But if you're standing, and, and if, in other words, if you're in good shape, you could outrun them, yeah. presumably. Right. In a in an ideal setting with right. like no rocks, no trees. And, straight away. Well, most of us, you know, I can't remember the last time I tripped and fell, but I wasn't running from a walker either. So yeah, maybe the standing. my chest up. So. Oh no. Right. But, you know, it it could be that if you had the right strategy with the guns you have, like rather than let the herd get up to the fence, we do have this buffer zone where we keep everything dead. And, you know, you can kill enough of them that the few that make it to the fence don't overwhelm them. It would be kind of a moat of a sort. Yeah, yeah. You could uh, set up an electrified moat. a moat that would know, electrocute uh, them as they come through. Or dig a big pit. That's you what, know, yeah. get a bulldozer, dig a big fucking pit all the way around <laughs> yeah, the town. Yeah. And they just fall in there and you a throw medieval, lime on them. Like a medieval wall burn city. Them. Sort. I don't know if um, any or many of our listeners watch any anime, but... There's an anime called Attack on Titan. And the what? It's called Attack on Titan. Tycoon? Titan. Like Ty- Titans. Like giants. I know Titans, yeah. but what was the first word? Attack. Oh, Attack of the Titans. And um, 
basically titans are these like huge monstrous creatures that eat humans and so the humans are living in this like really like condensed area but there are three walls there's this wall that's here and then a wall inside and then another wall inside oh, that yeah. and the smaller area has like the royalty or whatever like yeah. the really important people the one percent <laughs> and they've got like another population of people and they've got the people living like cannon in fodder the, yeah. right but it's kind of they've built these huge walls to keep these titans out and it's actually a, a pretty good system is it another post-apocalyptic kind of a thing right yeah. and so it's it's a control thing like if a titan tries to get in they can probably kill it before it reaches like the right. second wall mm-hmm. so all these fail safes in right to, you know, or buffers or whatever but that's that would be Maybe good for a zombie apocalypse that's what I'm saying <laughs> right that, yeah, that's system. why I said pour them in a pit of quick line or yeah. something like that. You know. Yeah, they need a real wall, not these mamby-pamby chain-link oh, walls. Yeah. Like, you know, the Great Wall of China, they aren't going to push that over. I don't care how many there are <laughs> of them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they've got the people. It's, but the problem is, <clears throat> like, um, in Alexandria, back in The Walking Dead, um, the architect dies, you know, and who's going to be the architect for the next stage? So, so he's these critical. Oh, he people was designing. Was, he was designing the the defenses or whatever. Right, he had built the wall initially, or he had designed it. And he was trying to pass on his knowledge, and then right. they both died. Yes, they both that. died. Like a medieval jail, the age yeah. not able to pass on to the apprentice. It was pretty horrible. Um. So, yeah, planning in the zombie apocalypse is usually a mistake. It's usually yeah. the people that just want to get through today. Yeah. Everything is short term. Right. Yep. And the people that do have a vision for the future get eaten. And it goes to vision. <clears throat> That's almost like uh, like early 20th century naturalism. You know, like, like, like Stephen Crane. Remember right, the open boat? Right, That's right. what this is making me think of, the open boat. It's not necessarily the strongest that survive. That's true because um, this is very, this is right out of that playbook of early you know, late nineteenth early twentieth century. Um, you know, you've got weak characters that manage to escape because you know they're cowardly and run away, and right. or because of chance, maybe sometimes too. Sometimes it's pure chance, and then you know. Um, but yeah, you don't know who's going to survive based on survivability. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have the core group that don't ever seem to get eaten because they're the core group. So I wonder if we'll have that. Like, none of our core group has Well, yeah, so in, 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 in Walking Dead, did they kill any of the core group ever? Um, the wife of um, Shane dies. He's the deputy that was running things while Rick was in a coma. And um, the wife dies. And so, and Herschel dies. Yeah, they've had a number of... Was it a gratuitous sort of killing, or, or was it no, actually something that kind of tugged at your heartstrings when they well, uh Shane, we were happy when he died. But, uh, <laughs> the the mom died. She was giving birth to the next kid. And, uh, you know, they just... There was a zombie outbreak in the prison, and uh, what medical supplies they had, she was cut off from them. You know, I think she had some hemorrhaging or something. And then her son had to kill the zombie her mm-hmm. when she mm-hmm. came back. So yeah. that one was tough. I can imagine. Yeah. I wouldn't mind uh, if we lost Madison. <laughs> She's just... Yeah. I don't, I don't like her. Well, I liked Kim in uh, Treme, the character she played in Treme, so I have some 
goodwill and reserve yeah. for her because I, I like the other stuff she's played. Right. But she's kind of annoying in this. Yeah, she is. Well, and so is um, Travis, for that matter. I honestly, like, it's <coughs> frustrating because I don't like either of them. <laughs> 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 With Madison, it's just like she's... Her character is not great. Um, like, she's just continuing to do things that I don't really like or appreciate, like how she would hit Nick. And right. She's just, she's slowly, like, devolving for me. But with Travis, it's the same thing that I've brought up probably every episode of this podcast. It's just so boring. Like, I just, I don't care about any but of his problems. You, right. <laughs> you do see Travis starting to step up and... He's become like the mayor of this community. Right. He's the he's the leader of the people, mm-hmm. and it's like, which is kind of Rick's role. He's right. going to be, I guess, the Rick of this group. And that's fine, but it's kind of like you have that scene where the military dude is like, "All right, we need you to talk to this guy. You're the mayor, and so it's your duty to be nice to people and make." If them you don't do what go in, want. we'll have to go in, right. mm-hmm. and it won't be as happy. Well, it's always a threat of violence, or at the very least, it's coercion. I mean, mm-hmm. It becomes naked violence after a while interesting though because um, we've got Travis and Madison who are teachers and guidance counselors mm-hmm. and they're like becoming the leaders they're like the protagonists of this zombie apocalypse right. and I think that's kind teachers of are your friend. Right, that's a call to like you know <laughs> teaching is the most noble profession to to, and, Right I've got to go to the faculty meeting right now Okay oh. yeah, We'll close it down Yeah <laughs> Probably got about five or ten more minutes. Yeah, All right, well, Stephen's got to step out, but no. Quinn and I will persevere. Yes. The, the army is here for Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> they've they've taken him to the they've hospital. Got a, they've got a farmer out in the country they want you to go to, Steve. Yeah, boy. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> He'll be happy yeah. on the farm. Yeah. <laughs> Poor thing. So, um, yeah, um, and there's this thing about collaboration. Uh, like in World War II movies, there's always the French person or the Jewish person who collaborates with the with the Nazis. And they're always this terrible traitor to their own people. But you can kind of see it from the other side here that if you work with them, you can make things better than they would be if you didn't. Right. Like, do I really want my neighbor to be shot by the army or do I want to go in and try to talk him down and in the end I I don't know if it mattered or not but they did take him off to be treated right right they no they like shot him oh did they They, yeah they like they found him uh, at the fence like in his car or whatever and And they thought he was going to run through the fence yeah and so I'm pretty sure they shot him (laughs) and it's it's hard ass but in the other series that's where you are yeah you know you've got this priest who um, he's been hiding out in his church for the whole apocalypse and he's totally unfit um, and the people that saved him he betrays them with this other group and says they're, you know, Rick is terrible he's horrible, you wouldn't can't believe the horrible things he's done with. And, and he's hadn't seen Rick do anything particularly bad, he's killed some bad people that were trying to kill them and eat them yeah um, he's killed some cannibals, and he's uh, the priest is really upset. But he leaves the door or the gate to the front open, and zombies get in. So you can't have that. 
That's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see some cannibals. Maybe like a cult come up or something. Well, That'd be nice. They have the cannibal see you. Bye. They have the cannibals in um, The Walking Dead, where they yeah. just kind of become like the zombies in a sense. And Rick himself, there's this one episode where this strong guy has kind of got him at the disadvantage, and he's beating him up, and he's about to kill him, and he draws him. What are you going to do now? And yeah. it just bites his jugular. <laughs> and he goes full-on zombie with the dude. Yeah. And kills him that way. I mean, you learn some pretty good things from your enemies, I guess. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Study your enemy's tactics. Yeah. Um, and so eating people becomes kind of a thing you can do at this point. Yeah, especially in such a situation where food resources are limited. Right. Might as well eat people. <laughs> right, and there's no food being produced anymore. And so. if you eat a person, they won't come back as a zombie. So. Right, you're taking care of that. Right. I, I think cannibalism is a pretty good system, honestly. Now that, uh, we, now that we've talked it through, uh, like in that situation, except it gives you um, mad cow disease. Oh, does it? Oh, they call it kuru, but it's the same mechanism where the prions in one person's brains and nerves uh, will get into you and cause you to get the get the disease as well. See, see. I learned lots of stuff teaching technical writing. <laughs> People write all these papers. Yeah. Uh, I can imagine, gosh. I've got the mad cow disease paper on my website. I Aww. used it as an example for, you know, formatting and stuff. Yeah. So I know that paper really, really well, <laughs> even though it was written in 96. Yeah. I've got, um, as a psychology major, I mostly do things in, like, APA format. It's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, see if you take... Three and three, they may let you use APA since you're majoring in that. It'd be nice, but now we're even better than T. We're talking about (laughs) bibliography format. Uh (laughs) Uh Let's see how we're doing on time. Fifty-three. We could go a couple more minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have anything else you noticed about the episode? Um, I I like. Chris a lot, the other kid that's not Yeah, um, the other adolescent boy, he's uh, Travis's son. son. Yeah, Um, I with Lisa, right? Right, he he needs more attention. Yeah, again, the good kids get ignored. Right. And, oh, another thing about uh, Alicia being, like, too adult, uh, you have, like, at the beginning of the episode, Travis comes in, and he and Madison start fighting, and then Alicia just like, stop, stop it right now, because... Oh, yeah, so you're kidding? You're acting like it's normal, and nothing's yeah, normal. these two adults are, like, acting like children, and having this sense of normalcy, fighting like a married couple, and she's like, nothing's normal anymore, you don't need to pretend, it's annoying, basically, so... Right. Nobody I, wants to hear your drama... I love her as a character. I think she's going to do really well. I, I at least hope she's going to do really well. I want to see her with the crow eyes again. Yes, you know, that, yes. She was so awesome in The 100. I think everybody that watched the show had a big crush on her. Cause, uh, you know, She was hot, but she was also badass. Yeah, best combination. Yeah, kind of a Buffy type of oh, figure. Yeah. So she's got it in her as an actress to do that. I just hope they don't keep her as this, you know... 
passive wallflower kind of person. I hope not. I... But they didn't with Carol. You yeah. know, Carol was that at the beginning of um, Walking Dead, and she's the most extreme one in the group right yeah. now. I think she'll have something that'll kind of set her off. And I think that maybe maybe this episode is maybe what will set her off with everything that's happened, her tattooing that they Yeah, she arm. finally, like I say, starting to come to grips with the idea she's not going to see her boyfriend yeah. again. And From now on, she might be like that badass that we know she's capable of well, being. Well, it would be a ter- Imagine the guilt you would carry with you. Um... And, and the anger toward your parents. No wonder yeah. she's pissed off at them. Yeah. They killed her boyfriend. Honestly. Um, and, uh, or, you left him to die. Yeah. But, you know. Uh, they could parents will be home soon. Bye, kid. Bye. <laughs> Gosh. That was, uh, I, I, you know, I have trouble forgiving those characters for that. Honestly. Or the show itself. Honestly. You would, that the moral center of the show, these two, this couple is, yeah. is that amoral when it comes to the people around them, and they don't seem to be that way in the enclave. Like yeah. especially Travis seems to have a some kind of social conscience. Yeah, about him, he's got so. a pretty good like moral compass so far. Yeah. Madison's well, is like declining right. in quality pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's desperate and. Nothing she does for this kid is helping him. Yeah. Which is totally what you hear in Al-Anon. That's the relatives of alcoholics. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's what they talk about is um, realizing you don't have any power over this person and you have to let them go. Yeah. And that's there's not going to be, I guess, Al-Anon meetings in the, uh, Probably not. In the apocalypse. <laughs> but at some point she's going to have to step away from him. Yeah. It's gonna be. It'll be really hard for him, and it's gonna be. It's gonna be hard for everyone. And I. I know that we'll face a lot of situations where our like moral integrity is really questioned because there are gonna be things that are gonna happen that will really like disagree with us as humans. Yeah, it's like um, you know, if the ocean liner sinks and your lifeboat's about to be overwhelmed take a paddle and push people away you know? yeah it's that kind of uh, mm-hmm. do we all die or do we kill this one person right um, and that you know that the guy dying at the fence the 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 army may seem to be kind of hard ass about that but that's exactly what you have to do in this world they've done it yeah you know there was a little girl that went nuts mm-hmm. and they couldn't bring her back and she killed her sister because she thought zombies are people too yeah and there was another child, you know, the baby, and there were, she wanted to do her next. And yeah. so Carol winds up, you know, <laughs> taking her out in the field of flowers and shooting her in the back of the head. Yeah. You know, she just, and you could tell it crushed her. It wasn't like, um, she's not a sociopath. It just, yeah. she was crying, you know, and just felt terrible. But there's no other option. What are you going to do? Chase her off into the woods? Yeah. Because uh, she can't survive. So, this was the kindest thing that could be done at this point. And same thing for the depressed guy, you know. You're having a... In other circumstances, we've got options for you, but we're out of those options. Right. You're going to slow everybody down and cause problems, so it's best to just take it out. bust a hole through the fence with your car, dude. Yeah. 
That's an execution offense. Yes. Offense. By the thing, yes. <laughs> that's what separates us from them. Yes. Well, that's why I saw what Kim did. I mean, um... Madison. Madison. <laughs> keep doing the actress's name right. Um, Madison did is being kind of out there where she just cuts a hole through the fence. Yes. And, you know, this is not a good idea. You've seen no. what's out there. <laughs> uh, it's, and I, I don't think she realizes the, like, the gravity of what she's done by cutting that hole in the fence, but I think that it's going to come back to bite her in the butt. It could, right. We could get <laughs> zombies through there. Yeah. Although, you know, the military's doing its job. They're checking the fence. Yeah. But if they find that hole that's cut in the fence, they're going to... They're going to be pissed off. Yeah, they're going to be even tighter about how things work. So. Well, I, I noticed that, you know, you've got power from this time to that time. And that reminded me, mm-hmm. we haven't had a metaphor this week because it's hard to be a metaphor when there are no... Yeah. There are no zombies to be a metaphor this time. Right. But um, what it is kind of like is when we were over in Iraq, you know, and we destroyed their power grid, and mm-hmm. we would have these rolling blackouts where you would have power for a few hours a day and then no power for the rest of the day. And it right. seems like they're still trying to hold on to what bit of infrastructure they can. We can't have power for 24 hours anymore, but two hours. Right. Enough to do... We have water still, running water, which is a miracle. Yeah. I remember um, at the beginning of the episode when the the soldiers are, like, addressing the group of people. He's, like, reading off this list of things from, like, a higher general or something. And then somebody's like, well, what about medicine? And he says... We're getting to that. Like, right. It's not really as high up on the priority list. But Maslow needs are a real thing. Oh, yeah. The first thing we need is a wall and then, yeah. you know, get that shelter down. Mm-hmm. That's the top priority. And eventually we'll get to your yeah. oxycodone or whatever it is next on. <laughs> I see we've been going for an hour, so... Uh, <laughs> Yes, we did. Um, well, for Stephen Payne, I'm Bruce McGee. I'm Quinn Warner. This has been Fear the Walking Dead, a podcast. See you next time. <laughs>